Now I've got to talk about I've got to talk about morphology. Take a look on page 132. Leo and lipo will use the same morphology because we're in the first principal part, and lipo is not irregular in the first principal part. Um, notice, notice under lipo. Do you see I have those forms in parentheses? Own, untus, unti, unta. Now, look up on the board, please. I'm going to go over here to the right side. Uh, look up on the board to what I'm doing here with lipo. Just a minute, I've got to have butts kicked here. All right. All right. All right. This is what I've got. Lipone, lipuntus. I'll just do the singular. Lipunti, lipunta. All right, now, lipe is your verbal stem. This is sort of the effective stem for the form. You've got a third declension, nothing, us, a, ah. That's what we learned in chapter 18. Now, in effect, watch what I'm going to do here. You can think of this in one of two ways. You can think of adding that to lipe, the stem. Okay? Or you can think of it like this. This right here is itself the participle of the verb to be. On untus unti unta is the participle of the verb to be. Aime. So in other words, you already know the participle of the verb to be. It's either what you add on to the stem, or if you know the participle, take off the stem like this, and there it is. You can look at that either way. Either you add that to the stem or take off the stem, and what you have left, that's the participle of the verb to be. <clears throat> now, I dread to see what Mark Rhodes is going to do translating one of these. Now, <clears throat> it will be like this. <clears throat> it, you'll have a sentence that'll look literally like this. Let me put one up. The soldier saw the slave unta in the house. Now, here is the literal Mark Rhodes translation. The soldier saw the slave being in the house. Okay? Let's try to speak English. What would you say, Newt? The so soldier saw the slave. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Can't do that. That's attributive position. Right. While he was in the house. Very good. 
and you got the time sequencing right because this is in the past. So literalistically, you have the soldier saw the slave being in the house while the slave was in the house. The slave. Now, now you know the thing that you wanted. The soldier saw the slave, the one who was in the house, except Newt, except Greek. Always trying to shorthand everything. What the heck? We don't need the participle for that. See, you're talking about the in the house guy. See? So the participle of the verb to be isn't used a lot because you can usually get away with just the article and the prepositional phrase or whatever you're doing. Like we've been doing, exactly. But not in predicate position. Now, in predicate position, we haven't had any equivalent for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is, this is something like this. Uh, you know, you could say this. Uh, supposing we want to say, because he was in the house, well, you could use hutti, you know. Um, or while or as he was in the house, you could use host. And then it would be ain, as he was in the house. But Greek will always prefer a participle to a subordinating conjunction. I'd say with the exception of hutti, because. Exception of that. Greek will prefer. In fact, there's a word for. <clears throat> there is, Mark Rhodes, a word for when. Thank God it's not used much. All right? So it, it, there, is, there are actually two different words for when. They're not used very frequently. Not used very frequently. Because the participle does the job. So instead of saying this, I saw the guy when he was working. You know, while he was working. Greek will always say, er God's ominon. It'll always just use the participle. You know, because it's the easy shorthand way for it to do it. It's, that is sort of the essence of Greek syntax. And this is what we mean when we say, if you can't get the participle, you can't get Greek. It's not that there isn't all kinds of other stuff that you can't understand. It's that it's so frequent and integral to the way they do things that you're just going to be missing out all the time. You know, I, I think this would be true to say from, from the other side, from the other point of view. Um, if you didn't get the participle, it wouldn't really matter all that much about learning English. See, on the other side, it's not that critical to learning English. So, I mean, how many times do you say running with the flag or something? I mean, you know, you'd be able to get what's going on. That's not critical uh, in English. What's critical in English is? Tense structure, time sequencing, and all that kind of stuff. But in Greek, these participles are just super effective shorthands, and thus subordinating conjunctions and relative pronouns are somewhat more rare than you would think they are. Now, the last thing that I have to talk to you about is the feminine 
and neuter morphology. The feminine and neuter morphology. Let's look at neuter first on page 132. This reminds you, in a way, of the mamatus pattern. Notice how the stem in the neuter, look at the genitive singular, is lipunt. But Greek will never allow the tau to stand as the last letter. So they just drop that off when they shorten up in the nominative to lipunt. Then you get lipuntus, lipunti, lipunt. Then the Samuel Bobby form for the neuter plural. Lipunta. Got the alpha there. Lipunta, lipunton, lipuse, lipunta. The feminines are difficult, okay? They are difficult forms, and thank goodness we're not reading Euripides' Medea or the Trojan women or something like that, because there'd be a lot of these feminine forms. The, uh, now, of course, there will be a bunch of feminine forms in certain pericopes. Mary and Martha. Um, or... Jesus and the resurrection of Lazarus when he's talking to Mary and Martha. Or the woman taken in adultery or something like that. But here, look up on the board here. Here's basically what we've got. Let's stick with lipo. You basically have this. Lipunsa. So here is our stem, lipunt. And you've got sa there. Well, we know that nt before sigma always goes. Nu tau goes, this lengthens, and that's where you get u, lipusa. Now, we have an alpha on a consonant other than rho, so the pattern becomes hybrid. These are tough forms. Lipusa, lipuses, lipuse, lipusan. Lipusai, lipuson. Lipusais, lipusas. If you're really struggling and having problems morphologically, you probably have to let the feminine forms go. I mean, you've got to invest a, quite a lot of time to memorize those. Those are pretty tough forms. Not that they don't ever appear on one of the finals, but they will not be a big factor. They're, they're just tough morphology. Fortunately, Ron, if you go over to page 133 to the middle passive, it's just normal eta, you know, that you have menus for the masculine, mene for the feminine, menon. It's pretty obvious stuff. It's the active ones that are the hard ones there. So you're saying it's hard because it's the hybrid pattern? Or? Yeah, well, and there's that oos in there, you know, which is not, we've been doing third declension all the while, the unt business. All of a sudden, unt disappears, you got oos, then you got hybrid a declension and so forth. Uh, it's just not all that apparent that you're kind of in that. Yeah, yeah. What's that? Oh, yeah, sure. Li usa, arch usa, sure. No, 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 that, that's right. But it's not third declension here. Masculine and neuter are. Those are third declension. This all of a sudden goes to hybrid A declension. No, 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 I'm not saying this is impossible to see, but if a person is sort of struggling with morphology, this is a kind of a big investment here because it's unlike the middle and passive, it's not 
sort of sequential with it. Um, but you know, a lot of people, a lot of people do not realize. I'm making more of a point of this now than I usually do. Is on page 132. Is make sure you realize that those forms in parentheses by lipo are the forms of the verb to be. I mean, that's the participle of the verb to be, and essentially, you know, like I say, you can think of it like this. You form the participle of any verb by putting the part participle of the verb to be boom, onto the stem. This is the Wendell Stavig method, where instead of learning the paradigm, you learn the ending sort of things. So if you were to learn on, untus, unti, unta, you just kind of slap that baby onto ago, agon, agantus, agante, agata, keriso, kerison, kerisontus, kerisontus, and so on and so forth. On principle part one, and as a result, Kevin, it's got whoop-de-doo. Right. And because it's seen as connected to a person in the sentence, it will generally be at the same time as the main verb. Right. 